Time to talk harness racing with Gate Speed. Blake Redden, good morning to you. Morning, Miguel. Good afternoon now, Gareth. And we welcome back Jason Bonington. Good afternoon to you, Jason, on behalf good. of everybody here on RSN Central, mate. We're, we've been thinking of you the last couple of weeks after you lost your dear mum, but um, it's good to hear you back on our radio show and radio station here on 927. It's wonderful to be back, Gareth, and uh, I appreciate the condolences and the lovely thoughts of everybody there at RSN, and I was happy to be down in Tasmania on Saturday night, and I guess that was the start of the return, so I'm looking forward to getting stuck into talking about trots today and, I guess, the ramifications of everything that's going on around the world. I thought Dale Brown was really good on RSN Central also to kick it off this morning regarding harness racing Victoria's plans regarding the coronavirus, and and, and what plans they have in place now after that board meeting this morning or that meeting with the execs and also the chairman, Dale Monteith. Um, this is our first point that we're going to have a chat about, and we'll kick it off with you, Jason. So it's the coronavirus and what it means now for the trots industry. Well, I mean, it's uh, how long is a piece of string, I think, is the, is the concept here, Gareth. It could mean um, something quite catastrophic, I suppose. If, you, if the measures weren't put in place, rapidly on Friday and there were crisis meetings going on left, right and centre. If that hadn't happened, then you went on business as usual and there's plenty of people out there saying, well, how often do you get 500 people to, to the average trots meeting? Of course, that being the seminal number that's got Morrison uh, defined as a mass gathering, then um, you, could, you could be cavalier about it, couldn't you, and just say, oh, we'll, we'll go on as business as usual and, in fact, try and take this as an opportunity to get a jump on a couple of big in, bigger industries. But you've got to be a leader and... You've got to protect the people because basically, as Dale has outlined exceptionally well on a number of occasions already, if one or two drivers happen to uh, test positive to the coronavirus or COVID-19, then you've got a situation where, yes, it's not a contact sport, yes, um, there's some separation between the participants, but it could all go pear-shaped extraordinarily quickly. And I think for the health and well-being of everybody involved, you'd nearly have to shut it down, you know, if multiple... Um, leading participants particularly uh, tested positive to this virus. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at this, but I will say two things. One is, while the racing goes ahead, there's an enormous opportunity to raise interest, promotion and turnover on the game because people are going to be captive audiences sitting at home. They're going to want entertainment because you're going to go stir-crazy, otherwise those in lockdown. So we've got a great opportunity there. But I guess on, on the other side of the coin... If things happen to get to a situation where we can't race any longer, then what do we do with our time? I want to discuss this on the the gig tomorrow as well. Do we, you know, it, we're so born down in the day-to-day and the administration of the sport and getting race meetings to go ahead. But I will say this, the slight silver lining here could be that you really invest in, in digital projects, in promotion, in trying to work out how to push the sport forward if the worst comes into play and we have to stop racing at any point. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not going to be um, it's not going to be an ideal situation, is it? But it's something that I think we just need to be guided by the authorities and the health authorities and working out what's best for for everyone. Because at the end of the day, it's it's much bigger than the sport. What's going on? And for that reason, it's probably not even worth us adding to the noise too much. It's mm. it's more about just letting it unfold and, and following all those directions. These, this is Gatesby with Gareth Hall, Blake Redden, and the the things that we learned. And point number two. Got to love this pacer. Had a chat to Rowan Hadley on Friday for the Form Express. Riley holds off late search to claim the hometown major. Of course, um, the Tasmanian Championship worth $75,000, Blake. And it was a good, tough effort from that 30-metre handicap. 
Indeed, indeed. And we've spoken about him a little bit on this program the last couple of weeks and and sort of talking about where he fits in. And I think everyone now wants to see him back on the mainland. We want to see him contest some country cups over here. Obviously, that's pending what happens in the next little while. But he's just a, he's a Ripper Riley major, and he certainly is going to measure up when he comes back over. We just don't know how good he might be going forward. It, look, it's back in the days a good measuring stick and, and did get pretty close late. But uh, I think Riley Major might just be one of those horses. He gets the job done. He doesn't win by big margins. But Bond, he's, um, he's just a lovely horse. Uh, look, I, the standing start's an interesting one. It didn't look great, uh, three or four horses galloping away from the start. But that's just something we've uh, you know you've come to expect a little bit. I don't think overall it was a great advertisement for standing starts, Bond, but the horse himself was um, was a terrific winner. Don't want, don't the people want the stands back, Blake? Well, the people might want it, but what the people want and what the people need are two different things, Gareth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, not a bad not a, not bad stuff there from Blake, to be honest. Um, really good. I thought it was right. superb. Yeah, well, you know, this is what, what he's outlined is very true, and particularly for those like myself that backed on Sir Blake, it was all over for him uh, within, you know, within half a second of the start, basically. He galloped once and then galloped again. A lot of smart judges on course sort of said, Rolly Major off 30 metres, he can't win. Well, Rowan Hillier made a, a, a pretty dramatic decision because we know that Reese Nicholson's the kind of driver that normally would want to hold the front. He had the front, he secured it with its back in the day, but... Rowan Hillier said, no, look, we can't be sitting back here and letting him dictate and control terms in a race where there were only probably three legitimate winning chances. And he took off. He was able to find the front. Certainly after the race, I went to speak to Rowan because there were whispers around course there at Alwick that um, we're going to have a situation where he might come to Mildura for the carnival if it goes ahead as planned. But unfortunately, Rowan said, look, the real Rolly Major, the one that I know he can be, would have beaten that field after he found the front by a very significant margin. And the fact that it's back in the day got close. Sort of said to Rowan, it's time to go for a break. He's been up for a long time. He has had leg issues. Um, and that can be a little bit of a worry. You, don't, you sort of don't want to put them out for too long because when they come back, they might not be in the same sort of form. Often it sounds contradictory, but the hard racing sometimes can assist with certain types of leg injuries. So we hope that he does come back. And if he does come back, he's a 120 rater now. He simply can't stay racing in Tasmania full-time. So we will see him in Victoria and potentially New South Wales if he returns, and we really hope that he does because he's a very good horse. Point number three, treachery takes flight in a dominant all-wood win. And, Jason, I said this to Blake last Friday. I think she's the best two-year-old that I've seen for so many years, especially a two-year-old filly. I know she beat nothing, but, boy, I, there's something about her. when she, It's like it's, there's something about she, the way that she moves. I don't know what it is, but I think she's something special, this pacer. Now, I could be wrong, and I'm going to do a Jason Bonington here and go out on a limb and say she's a real deal after two starts. Well, and, and, and particularly, I guess, you know, you know that she's beating up on vastly inferior opposition, but I'm kind of I'm kinda half with you that there's, there is something exceptionally special about the way she moves, the speed that she has and the fluency of her of her pacing action means that, you, you know, you, it's not hard to get besotted by her. The way she won, again, defeating vastly inferior opposition, but she was pratted three wide. She sort of put in a misstep and then rifled to the front. And she, it looked like she just wanted to go another lap. So it feels like she's got this incredible um, 
competitive instinct. Certainly the adrenaline would be running as they always do for the juvenile paces. But um, she's very, very good treachery. No worries about that. We heard before Captain Treacherous ever made his mark here in Australia that everyone wanted to get involved with Captain Treacherous out of Love List, who, of course, has already produced Adapt and another one for Peter Gleeson and the Cameron boys. So uh, hopefully she does measure up to your estimation, uh, Gareth, because what she's doing so far is very exciting. But you're being a little bit more measured about this at this point, Bakes. Yeah, I, look, slightly more measured. I just think I want to see her. I mean, the, you know, the quickest quarter she ran was 27.6. That's quick for a two-year-old, but she certainly had, um, you know, she, she's got ability. There's no doubt about it. It's just a matter of pitting her up against some of these horses over here in Victoria. I think, uh, you know, clearly Soho Lanakai is the benchmark right now. My mind hasn't changed on that. I don't know how you feel about it, Bon. I think Gareth might be leaning the other way towards treachery, but uh, hopefully we do see them clash at some point. Um, who, you, are you with me, Bonnington? I'm with neither of you at the moment. Okay. I, think, I, th- I think it's probably that we'll see two-year-olds emerge just from what I'm hearing that are at least as good as the two that have been mentioned. Who's the benchmark now, though? Treachery, easily. And I think she's the best two-year-old out of the Stewart camp. That's my mail from Ballarat. I might be wrong. Yeah. Are you hearing I, something different? I'm hearing something different. But, uh, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm, not, I'm, not sure got, I'm not sure they've got five that are you know better than treachery, but... There's one or two that um, I think will be making their uh, making their debuts in coming weeks, and, and then we'll be able to measure them all up. Because as mentioned, it's, it's very very hard. Soho Lanakai um, obviously won in incredibly dominant fashion, and, and Treachery is doing a magnificent job. But really, this is what happens every single year. The early two year olds turn up, and you become besotted, and then you've yeah. got to just work at the lay of the land to touch later. We found out Jason's new favourite word, Blake. Besotted. Yes. Good man from New Zealand. Yeah, top man. Point number four, big man goes wire to wire and Charlton feature. And, Jason, you were right. You just got the wrong leader when I was reading your tweets there yesterday. Yeah, uh, look, four big men's had a lot of ability. And I think they've said all... I think those same people we speak to sometimes in Ballarat, uh, Gareth, have always said that four big men wasn't too far off the best of his generation. generation. And perhaps there's a little bit of Tam Major about him. He's a big fellow. He's taken a while to develop. And even though he wasn't one of the best real young horses for uh, Team Tonkin Stewart. Maybe now's his time to shine. He was able to find the front. I just simply think that Born to Rock and Roll can't be going that well because I mapped the race that Born to Rock and Roll, well, the four big men would find the front and Born to Rock and Roll would probably take him on and then roll to the front. And that Pat Stanley was too short. Pat Stanley ran another great race but was cast into a significantly different role. So I think there's a big future for four big men based on those two things, Bakes. One, that they've always had a big opinion of him. This is nothing that's come out of the blue, him winning the Charlton Cup, and B, that he's a big, strong horse and he's probably taken time to develop. The question mark is how often in good races like that is he going to be able to find the front? He's got good gate speed without being exceptional, but certainly it feels like he's at the start of a road where he's going to win more races of this this type sort of country cup level. Oh, no doubt about it. He's um, he's doing an excellent job and he's just getting better all the time. And great story behind him as well. He's out of a... Um, a mare that was a half-sister, I reckon, to, to Aleppo Midas and Aleppo Murphy. So some you know, incredibly interesting breeding surrounding the pacer. But um, he's just get, getting better all the time. And he's got a good winning record. He's won 13 from 35. He's, he's put 160000 on the board. And there's no doubt um, you know, he's going to make himself at home at this Country Cup level in the next few seasons. Do you know when you have a look at some of the rising star trainers that are coming through the ranks and you think, well... You, can, you just think, I think this bloke will make it into a superstar trainer. I think Chris Fenosio 
is one of those. He's always had a lot of respect, but geez, he's kicking goals now. And geez, he's done a wonderful job with Magical, Blake. He has. Uh, Magical, as you, you say, he's a horse that I know Jason had a huge opinion of going back as a three-year-old and he sort of had injury issues and was off the scene for a little while. And um, I think he might have won a home field that he is at three and he sort of um, looked a really promising horse. But he's starting to make his mark over these staying trips, which is quite interesting. He sort of developed and, and turning into a bit of a different horse, but his win at the Charlton um, Trotters Cup was was excellent. Uh, obviously, we saw the return of sparkling success, who clearly needed the run, but uh, he's uh, he's got the job done, magical bond. And um, again, at this Country Cup level, there's no reason he won't go on and, and continue to win these races. Yeah, look, I don't think I don't think magical is going to quite go to the lofty heights that were probably expected of him and where he was headed as a three-year-old because he was outstanding as an early three-year-old and he's had his issues. But uh, I'm with Gareth. I, look, it's a measure of the training abilities of uh, Snooze Finosia. Also, Matty Craven, who had the horse earlier, to show patience with him. He's a different type of horse, as you've mentioned now. He's very good at these staying trips. But it was a bit of a punting lesson, wasn't it, for um, uh, for the young players yesterday Sparkling success was always going to start short because he was the best horse in the race, but John Mead had been really open about the fact that he was probably going to need the run. He was always going to have a tough trip. He wasn't going to find the front. Magical had the opportunity here. He'd won five from five when leading in his races. He looked the likely leader, and yet it wasn't until very late in the piece that the punter started to join in, and you still got black figures about him in the finish. So it doesn't matter what, code When you've got a really good horse, Gareth, returning mm. from a really significant injury and forced break like that, then there's an opportunity to find something else. And really, yesterday, Magical was always going to be that something else. Sounded like you back Magical. <laughs> Might have. Yeah. Um, point number six, bad boy brains them in the Charlton three-year-old classic, Jason. Yeah, um, it was a, it was another very, very good performance, wasn't it? Um, the three-year-old classic being one of the multiple features going around, and this was only the second run for, for Calvin Barker, for your bad boy. So there wasn't a lot to write home about Bakes before we saw it destroy Beale Street at its previous start. This time, uh, I, I'm at this race wrong. I thought they'd probably go back from the wide draw and thought uh, Karen Saw's the sports star might be able to find the front, but your bad boy just progressed forward to find the front. Once it got there, there was some carnage in the race, but uh, he was always going to win really comfortably. He's also a very, very well-bred customer, and I think there's... There's clearly a big future for him. It just depends how far Calvin Barker wants to test him, I guess, in coming weeks and months or whether we'll be racing. But if we are, how far he wants to test him. But certainly he has been a bolt out of the blue. And these two wins have indicated he's a, he's a pretty smart animal. Well, he went within half a record, half a second of the track record. And uh, you say there was carnage. That is true. But he still run a 27-9 third quarter, 27-6 home. And as you say, only second start for Calvin Barker. I think you'd have to be thinking races like the Queensland Derby, the Rising Sun later down in the season because what he's done in his two starts has been phenomenal. I, genuinely, you'd have to consider it. I, I couldn't be more impressed with what he's done in his last two starts. So that wraps up the the things we learned. Um, Jason, we, it was meant to be a big night for Gavin Lang there at Tabcourt Park, Melton tomorrow night. Um, a fundraiser for Gavin, but unfortunately it has been cancelled because of the coronavirus situation at the moment. But um, there is still an auction, a mega raffle going on, and you just need to go to a website. It's www.galabid.com slash Gavin. Yeah, and it is a great shame, uh, Gavin, fighting unbelievably valiantly, and I know he 
He's very unlikely to be listening. Sending him a shout out, of course, on Saturday on Sky One as well. But if you, uh, if anybody is listening and goes to visit Gav today, just let him know. I think he already knows, but let him know how much we love him. And we'll be in discussions a little bit later on today, Gareth, to try and work out how we can get the most money possible for Group One Gav, the great man, as he continues um, to fight valiantly against uh, lymphoma at the moment. But uh, we're still going to raise some cash. It just wasn't to be, unfortunately, like everything else being that's happening at the moment. That uh, that great event was cancelled. So. Bad news for Steve Cleave and a number of other people who've put in a lot of time to try and make this happen, but we're still going to make it work as well as we possibly can. Okay, so, yeah, so definitely cancelled, but you can get on that website and buy something because there's some great prizes or great auctions um, uh, that you can bid on and take home. I think the persistency colours and Gavin's helmet would be high on my my list there, Blake. Well, the Patrick Dangerfield side and jersey would... Would certainly be on my radar. I don't know if Bond's had a look and sort of eyed off anything yet, but um, oh, just an incredible array of items, and um, you know, it's, it's worth giving money to, and, and to sort of you know be able to get a prize in return is always nice. But if you can just donate to the raffle, and even if you don't win, it's not a huge deal. It's more about just doing what we can for Gavin's family. And Mickey McGuan, I think, caught up with him on Thursday with a couple of his mates. Went to see Gavin in hospital, and I don't think Mick would. Um, mind me telling the story I think Gavin was doing it really tough the previous week but he had some really positive reports on that Thursday and he was laughing geez he's fighting hard like he's fighting really hard and um, everyone is behind him there's no doubt about that and um, hopefully um, we see Gavin back up and about sooner rather than later I'm just repeating the news from the top of the show with Blake and Jason as well with the coronavirus and HRV had meetings today. They'll continue to monitor the situation, Jason. They'll keep us up to date. We'll probably have a rep from HRV on RSN Central Daily, but you can keep an eye on the website. And, and But the, the big news today is that if you're not a participant, stable hand, trainer or driver, um, you can't go to the trots. And I think everybody would would be in agreement with this decision by HRV. You don't, in, in today's environment as an owner and all that, you don't need to go to the races. You can watch them on TV and then get a report back from you, from your trainer or driver after that. Well, at the end of the, the, end of the day, it's, 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 it's about just showing care, natural care for the, for the people who are out there doing the job. Now, while a number of industries will be in, in lockdown, these trainers and drivers, where you know we're still sending them to work, and they need to be able to work in the safest possible environment. So, whilst it's lovely to be on course and watch your horse win, as you mentioned, it's really a, a small fry at the moment. Bake sort of took it to the extreme level earlier, saying that um, we're we're you know we're a dot and a very small piece of the puzzle, and we just have to follow advice and try not to think about ourselves too much. Well. Unfortunately, in life, we do tend to think about ourselves and our industry and, and that which we care about the most. And the people we care about the most at the moment are those trainers and drivers that are out there entertaining us, giving us an opportunity to continue to get this or keep this sport rolling the way it has for so many years. So um, give them the safety that they require and watch the races from home, get a few mates over, have a few beers, no more than 500 if possible, and uh, enjoy your wins as an owner from home because you do not want to go to the track not knowing that you've got the symptoms of this insidious little highly transmissible disease and give it to uh, one of our leading trainers or drivers or, unfortunately, the show will not roll on after that. Oh, you've been brilliant today, Jason. Welcome back. You've besotted me as always. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Gareth. Good on you, Blake. 
Thanks, Gareth. Hey, have you got a winner for us today once again, boys? Because I've, I've decided with the $1,000 challenge, Mikey Velasaris, he was good last week. In fact, Mikey went out on a limb and delivered the goods for us. Um, but we'll go with the Cranbourne Trots today, guys. And what I'm going to do is it all up. You ready, Blake? I'm ready to hear it, Gareth. Each way, um, so I'll go from the first race. This is a game that you usually play with your mates um, when you're at the pub. First race, we're not playing. Race two, we won't play. Race three, we won't play. Race four, I like Steph's star to defeat So Extra at 220. Yeah, I'm with you. Because it's going to lead. So that's yep. the $50 all up. G Sugars, we're going to each way Bona Khan. Jeez, he gave it a bit of a wrap today. What is it? 1600 second row, too risky. But he gave her a good push. I tell, I tell you what, the Kenny men drove four winners on Saturday night. They're the third loony leading uh, stable in the States. So if he's giving it a push, and you've got an eight next to its name and an opportunity to get a bit of, bit of, bit of value, I'd take it, Gareth. All right, 25 each way on that horse then. And then vouchers. We'll just have all our winnings onto that horse. So it's a $25 win and place type of all that because we've got an each way bet in that race number six. So that's... Um, so I'll just read them out once again. We'll kick off race four. Um, Steph's a star. And race five each way. Bona Khan into vouchers the win race seven, number three. The Candyman multi, we're going to call it. And let's hope we can get the chocolates. No pressure, G Sugars. Enjoy your day. Hey, G Sugars, you'll be the number one driver in the world if you can do this today. <laughs> I know Jason and Blake think you're at the top of the game. At the moment, let's hope you can really live up to those expectations. Thank you very much, lads. Thanks, Gareth. Thanks, Gareth.